Welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, aka Brittle Gash, and I've been busy. I've got the whiteboard and the string out. I've got all kinds of equations and algorithms trying to figure out where the Celtics team or how the Celtic team can resolve some of these bugs in their code. Joining me, as per usual, one of the Celtics Reddit greats, Rickman Lives, real name Jackson. Jackson, how's it going, mate? Yeah, good, mate. I'm glad you brought out the whiteboard and the string of all that. I've, I haven't quite got my noose out yet. Um, maybe, maybe, <laughs> wow. maybe, maybe at the end of this one, I'll, um, I'll either put it away for good or, or leave it out on, on, on hold. But no, 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 I'm, I'm good, mate. I'm good, despite everything, man. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm glad to hear it. And of course, from across the Tasman, there in New Zealand, Joe, aka Nosecrows McFly, aka Mr. Birthday Man. Joe, happy birthday for yesterday, my friend. Welcome. Thanks, thanks, guys. I've been trying to get this, um, this Larry Bird Day thing <laughs> happening. So when you turn 33, it's your, it's your Larry Bird Day. Um, it's not catching, but you know, if it's going to catch on anywhere, it's going to be within the cozy confines of Celtics Reddit. Yeah, uh, we, we are all here for each other, guys. We're here for each other. I think. It's I think. Give a meme. I think thirty-three years. I think your thirty-three birthday. Yeah, you should definitely sport the blonde wig and wear all green. <laughs> yeah, and just, just and, and, let, and let everyone know it's your birthday. And if they can't piece it together from there, then they're not worth knowing, are they? <laughs> they really are. <laughs> no, <laughs> Philistines. Now, look, you, uh, you listeners out there, if you, if you do want to contact us here at the podcast, the easiest way is to comment on the Reddit thread for this episode. You can also follow us on Twitter at Celtic Reddit Pod. Hit us up. Let us know your thoughts. So we at this podcast have been lucky the last couple of weeks in the sense that we've recorded on nights following a healthy or sometimes series of healthy Celtics victories. Not the case this week, which is fine. We've, you know, we've, we've dropped a few games to some pretty average teams. We're here to talk about it. Normally, we do the Reddit recap separately, but today we're weaving all the Reddit stuff, all the Reddit content into our discussion about it um, and about where we're at at this point of the season. So, guys, with this latest disappointing stretch, how, how are we feeling? Um, How am I feeling? Well, it was about a month ago that I think I resigned myself to the fact that this was going to be an inconsistent team for at least the span of the regular season. At least I hope it only extends to the regular season. So in a way, losing three on the bounce after winning four on the bounce isn't really, you know, out of the ordinary for what this team has been doing this year. <laughs> um, so in that respect, it's kind of like, you know, steady as she goes. We've still got the same issues. We've still got the same, uh, you know, the same. I still like the same things. I still dislike the same things. Nothing about this last three this last three-game losing streak has really swayed my opinion to the negative any more than it already was. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would, however, be totally naive to ignore the fact that there really seems to be a deficiency uh, when we don't have certain players on the court. Now, I'm sure we'll get into this and we'll get deep dive down through, but like my, it, it seems to me that the bench right now is really underperforming. I think ever since you took Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris off that bench unit and put him in the starters, the starters got better, the bench got worse. Um, there's a whole lot of other things going on there, but I think like that's basically where I'll leave it at now. My opinions haven't really changed on where we are right now, but mm-hmm. there's starting to be some issues with the team that are starting to... The issues are starting to become a little bit more obvious or starting to become a bit more glaring, and that's a little bit concerning. Yeah. <clears throat> Good point. I... How are you feeling, Joe? You know, um, I I was listening a bit to the Windhorse, 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 
Yeah. Yeah, so like I'm doing what he does when he's windy. trying to when he, when he does the windy. You know, at the start of his podcast, they have this thing where they like go on about how he doesn't really care about his podcast and he won't subscribe to it. And yeah, not remember the name to it. I always enjoy that, but I'm doing it now to him. Um, I was listening a bit to the to the one with Bon Temps uh, and Goldsbury today, and um, and I'm just like, forget the performance. I just I feel like we root for stories so as much as anything, and a big part of that is, man, we want our teammate, the the team we cheer for, we want them to like each other, and um, I'm finding it really upsetting um, that our team doesn't seem to like each other right now. And really, um, is that what you think? Y- yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I wasn't sarcastic, by the way. Sorry, I'm I'm genuinely. Surprise! Sorry, go on. Nah, man. I really feel like they don't like. There's just obviously obvious tension, and um, I kind of I'm like I was going back through the old mental roller decks, and I couldn't really remember, like, I couldn't really remember a, a stretch like this. I honestly couldn't. Yeah. Do you mean um, like a dramatic stretch, like a, a like a stretch where we're sort of in the headlines a little bit, and there's yeah. like gossip and like, yeah, I was thinking I, that too. Because, I mean, I've been following the team. This is, like, year number 19 for me. Uh-huh. And I'm sure there were things, and maybe the internet wasn't as developed as well. But, like, I mean, I remember it being pretty tense between Antoine and Ainge before mm-hmm. Antoine got traded. Um, yeah, I just can't remember drama like this, you know? Like, uh, I, I mean, we kind of found out more about the Ray Rondo stuff, I felt like, after the fact. Yeah. I don't know, you know? Um, so yeah, so it's, it's unfamiliar. It's really unfamiliar. This sort of drama. We're not the Knicks, you know, and we're not the Sixers. Fair enough. Uh, mm. Are you referring to some of the recent post-game comments that have come out? And, you know, there was that clip of Mook shoving Jalen and, and Smart totally. sort of jumping in between them. And is that the sort of stuff you're talking about? Totally. Or there's in that, and then there's the, there's that, and then there's like the, the Kyrie, the Kyrie thing with Hayward. I actually felt that that was almost the I don't know that you can chalk a lot of that up to competitiveness, but like it came out in the open, you know. Um, I felt yeah. like Hayward didn't make a bad read on that play. Um, There's two seconds left, which just wasn't what Kyrie liked, you know. Um, I thought that was super telling. Um, the 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 Kyrie Jalen sort of um, where they're sort of subtweeting each other, um, you know. Uh, this is not like normal for this team. You know, like it's yeah. been a pretty stable, it's been a pretty steady ship through the whole Danny Ainge era, really. Um, and I'm not, yeah, it's like win or lose, I want my team to be likable, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I write that right now, that's what I'm probably battling with. Yeah. Jeez. I'm battling. I'm battling Celtics Reddit. I'm battling. Yeah, it's it's interesting and it's it's a new thing to deal with, I think, for a lot of Celtics fans, as you sort of touched on there, Joe. Like it's not. This, this team, the Celtics team, there's a good organizational culture around the Celtics and mm. we're, we're usually separated from this kind of infighting that you might see with your Denver Nuggets, for example. No, I'm just that's a Nuggets test. They're, they're fine. Shout out to the Nuggets. <laughs> or or, or may, I, may, I, may I add a Golden State Warriors? The whole Draymond sure. Green, Steve Kerr, Kevin Durant thing doesn't really, yeah, yeah. doesn't really affect them though. I mean, they are the yeah. Warriors. But sorry, I'll keep going, Ben. I don't want to hijack. No, no, no. Um, yeah, it, this is is new for us to deal with, and it's I don't know, it's difficult. But 
you know, so many points in this season already. I've said, oh, this is this is the absolute low point for the season. Like here we are again debating whether or not this is the actual low point. But we're we're only a week removed from the Pacers game and the Nets game in that stretch where we had you know X number of assists in in a stretch of games that was you know I think record breaking for the franchise and at the time was the the league leading um, streak of a certain amount of assists at thirty something whatever it was the, the team was cohesive they they were playing the right way and they're playing like the way that they're supposed to play the, like it was like the, the puzzle had been solved at that point and people were slipping into their roles people as in the players on the Celtics were slipping into their roles and, and playing um, you know with synergy and you know all, all those <laughs> corporate terms whatever you want to whatever you want to call it they were playing well together and they were showing us that they knew what it was to play the way that they're supposed to play you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like we had this solved and they did it for a stretch of games and they've turned the corner, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we've rattled off a few shitty games. We've lost to some shitty average teams and that's fine. But the positive to take from that is like they've shown that they can play that way. They've shown that they know what that is. And I think that there's, not to sound like too much of an optimist here, but there's every reason to think that they can find that again. Like they've done it. They know what it is. Just go and do that more. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't buy that they don't like each other at all. I think, I think this is 100% symptomatic of a team that is A, expected to win a, a title or is placed in that contender category. There's going to be more coverage of them anywhere. So any little like sideways glances or subtweets or like offhanded, misinterpreted or whatever comments in the media are going to be scrutinized and looked at more. But these guys obviously want to win. And I think Kyrie Irving being like the, the, the leader of the group who's been there before... He kind of feels like, this is me speculating, of course, but I feel like if, if things don't go the way Kyrie wants them, then he kind of takes that as maybe as an affront to his leadership because he's the one who's been there and done it before. And I'm sure Brad Stevens has told him, look, you've got to mentor the young guys and blah, 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 blah. Um, like, how many team meetings has this team had this year after bad losses? So this is at least three that I can count. So that, that might have something to say that there's like, you know, issues that have never really gone away, have never really been repaired. They constantly need to keep coming back and, you know, patching them up. And then they go on these winning runs and everything's rosy. And then it's a, winning, a losing streak and then it comes up again. But man, I would have a real issue if this team that was considered a contender and was meant to achieve all this great stuff, if after a couple of shitty wins that I didn't see them calling each other out or I didn't see them getting up each other, I would feel way, way more concerned if there was this ho-hum, we'll be all right. We just got to get it together next game. And I choose like, no, I, I want to see him angry. I want him to be likable as well. I don't want it to be a team of assholes, you know, like, you know, flexing on each other and seeing like which ego is going to wing out. That's, that's a horrible position to be in. But I just don't think that any of this team drama is, 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 to be not, is not to be expected when you're meant to be a contender. And I think it's the frustration of not reaching those, those levels that we've all given ourselves or given this team that's driving most of that. And I think the one thing that'll fix it is just getting some wins up, going on a five-game win streak, and we're not going to see any of these, you know, quibbles as far as I'm concerned. But then again, that's how the season's been going. It's been win, win a bit, lose a bit, win a bit, lose a bit. And if as long as that continues, you know, maybe there will be some truth to it. Maybe we will see a punch thrown, you know, amongst them, which we hope not. But... <laughs> Um, it, it just doesn't concern me. I think the way it concerns maybe you guys, unless I'm wrong, unless I'm reading that wrong, sorry. Well, I mean, I just, I just imagine what it would be like in real life. And like, like I've enjoyed watching Kyrie as a player way more than I anticipated I would. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, like, imagine being 
like honestly, imagine if Kyrie Irving was your manager <laughs> at work. Like, like honestly, he's got a little Michael Scott to him. He says <laughs> words that he doesn't understand. You know, yeah. like, like, <laughs> like does. I can imagine, I can kind of imagine like mandatory hour long meditation if, sessions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and then you've got Jalen Brown and like, um, like I could imagine, like, I just imagine if I was on that team, I'd probably like Jalen Brown, but at the same time, I can also imagine looking at this guy who, you know, you know, he, he, he kind of cultivates this image as a Renaissance man and, you know, and are you really, you know, like, like I'm sure he's, you know, bright for a normal person, but I don't think he's a genius, you know, and, and, and. You know, like there's, I could just imagine that really grating on me if those were my coworkers. <laughs> you know, um, so I do. I think they don't like each other. I mean, yeah, I guess I do. I mean, this is so like soft analysis, right? Like um, total speculation. To- but, total speculation. You know, we're here to speculate. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. But all I know is that um, it's definitely affect the the way they interact with each other totally affects how I enjoy the team right like that's yeah. for sure like we love it when they see like gordon hayward get gatorade dumped on him like we feel mm-hmm. good we feel like we're gordon hayward right then right yeah. we feel like the gatorade got dumped on us as fans <laughs> you know <laughs> and when and when they're fighting i feel like they're fighting with me <laughs> yeah well no, that I, went I, a little I... deeper than i thought it was going to <laughs> <laughs> no I, I think i can certainly relate to that i think most people you know, if they're if they're digging deep enough into the Celtics like realm of content that they're listening to this podcast, then they they could probably relate to that as well. Let's let's be honest. I um, it it must be difficult, right? I mean, I'm not uncovering anything new here, but it's a bit of a puzzle that I think Brad Stevens and his coaching staff and and maybe some of the lead veterans on the team need to solve because. There's there's a lot of talent. That that's something that's come up a lot regularly. I think Terry Rogier mentioned that. There's maybe I think his indirect quote was there's there's too much talent on this team. There's a lot of a lot of guys who are possibly over talented for their role, and that they just have to essentially bite the bullet and and fall into that role. And we when we've seen success like against the Pacers and that stretch of of really good high assist cohesive games, I feel like the guys on the team have done that and just settled into you know, essentially what they're paid to do. And then, you know, we, we play like a sub 500 team and like there's a bit of like laxness to it where guys like Terry Rogier, for example, and whoever else sort of go, oh, okay, like this is kind of a nothing game. I can probably come out and, and like put up a few extra shots here and, and play outside of my role a little bit. I feel like that's really affecting us. I haven't I haven't got the numbers up, numbers up in front of me in terms of our record against sub 500 teams, but I feel like that is indicative of, of some of the the struggles with this team where we just kind of piss it up the wall a little bit against these, these <laughs> average teams. Whereas when it comes to playing an important team, we've got the Raptors tomorrow, you know, we saw that the paces recently, we actually like stick to our game plan and, and play like we're supposed to. Yeah. That's something that needs to be figured out. Right. And because we've shown we can do that, it just comes down to doing that consistently. And, you know, we're halfway through the season. It's January. The playoffs are in April. We've got time to figure that out. And I think, Previously, I've been more worried through shorter stretches of poor play than I am now through a slightly longer stretch. Like I, I'm, I'm happy with what I've seen in terms of the team playing well, and I'm confident they can do it again. So while you know we're stuck in this drama, and you know guys speaking out of school about one one another, I just I don't know. It doesn't bother me that much. Am I am I wrong for feeling that way? Well, it doesn't it doesn't bother me 
at, at all. I mean, I, you, you mentioned about Brad Stevens and, and the coaching system there. I think a lot of what we're seeing as well is Brad trying to figure out how to coach a, a high-level team. Not that any NBA team is, is not a high level, but you know what I mean? Since he's come in, we've been an underdog the whole way through. Even last season when we got Haywood and Kyrie, as soon as Haywood went down, it was like, oh, they're not going to make the playoffs. You know, forget it. And then Kyrie goes down, it's like, they're going to lose to the Bucks. I think, I think there's an element about Brad and his approach that the, when the, the offense is so evenly distributed and everyone's buying in and everyone's got to have their own little roles, it, it plays into the, into the underdog sort of role. So now that we're not that anymore and we're, fail- we're, we're losing to these sub-500 teams, and I would say it's probably not so much the sub-500 teams, it's our form on the road versus our form at home that is the, there's the big disparity at the moment. So I think, we're, I think we're seeing Brad Stevens, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how he should be coaching this team as well as how these players are trying to figure out how they fit into their roles. Because there's definitely an element of some players thinking, you know, they should get more shots or they should, you know, be more a part of this aspect of the offense rather than that. And I could see on, like, you know, on games where it hasn't been drilled in, into them that this is a really su- super serious, important game. I'm sure that those are the words that they use. <laughs> Super serious game against the Raptors, guys. It's on the whiteboard. Yeah, exactly. Guys. <laughs> hey, guys, guys. I'm serious. Got super, got a super yeah. serious game tonight, guys. Oh, Jesus. Um, yes. It's that all-American sound, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, God. So I, I feel like in those games where like they don't have to be told that this is important, they got to sw- switch on, we're going to see performances. Like, well, well, no, we'll know a lot about this team tomorrow against the Raptors. We really, really will. If we don't perform there, I'm going to be like, all right, sweet. It's a, men- it's a mental issue. If they perform badly tomorrow, I'm going to be like, okay, whatever, is it, whatever issues we have now are starting to get to our core. So to come back to Stevens one more time, yeah, I think we're seeing him figuring out how he coaches a team of guys who may not necessarily be buying into the system anymore because the expectations have been elevated. And, you know, what my point is about that, I don't know. But I think, it's, I think everyone's kind of on this ride of sort of figuring themselves out and making that next leap to being a great team yeah. like across the board. Yeah, I I get you. Like it's it's kind of fun in a way. In, in a way, like once you've accepted the season so far and you recalibrate, it's kind of fun to be like, okay, like clearly there's maybe too much talent on this team. Like let's see if they can figure it out. And that's not necessarily a bad problem to have. It's an interesting problem and like a slightly unprecedented problem in terms of top down level talent, like one through fifteen. I don't know. Like I'm kind of excited for the second half of the season because. You know, maybe they don't figure it out and maybe we go out in the first or second round, but maybe they do figure it out and it's incredible and, and we get to, it'll, it'll be really rewarding when that happens. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm optimistic. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, uh, I think where I was hearing it. I'm going to probably borrow off this danger cat thing. I think um, maybe the truth is like, like this is, this team is really shaking my faith in, you know, points differential as mm-hmm. like an indicator of whether you're really, really good or not. Um, I've been a big believer in that. And, um, you know, Danger Cat had this point where he's like, you know, we're just a high-variance team. You know, like, we, when we win, we win going away because um, we shoot a lot of threes. And when we lose, we don't shoot a lot of threes. We don't make a lot of threes. And, and um, you know, and we don't get to the free-throw line to kind of compensate for that, um, you know, that high-variance-ness of, of the offense. So... We're a high variance team. That still means we can get hot at the right time, um, but that doesn't mean we're good, um, you know. And uh, yeah, you know, th- does that make sense? 
Yeah, yeah, no, it does. I, yeah, I, I, it it kind of bleeds in. I don't want to like hijack and go off on a tangent here, but it's kind of like you know how we had those six games where we had the thirty plus assists. See, that, that's yeah. that's a fantastic stat, but like that's because they were making the shots, right? You could have you know thirty five absolute corker passes, no look to open threes. If you rim corker, them all out, great use of corker by the thank way. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> um, but if you rim them all, then shit, you're not going to get your thirty plus assists, and then that that stat means absolutely nothing. But like no, it's when, a when they do state. go in, it's like oh yeah. sweet, look at this, thirty plus assists. It's all sweet. Whereas you know that can it's like a quantum state thing. It can it can be either here nor there, or it is either here or there until it's observed. That that is a tangent. Sorry, but <laughs> it, I, I think the points differential things, like you're saying, they can get hot at the right times. This isn't necessarily a good indicator whether they're good or not. Just the way 30-plus assists over six games might suggest that the team is playing fantastic team basketball. But really, it's just that they're making shots, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it should be more. But, like, just the way we're structured. Like, you've, you know, we've kind of gone over this a little bit. But, um, you know, back in the era of good feelings all of a week ago, you know, like, we were getting really good shots. Against Orlando, actually, there were periods where the ball moved really, really well. Um, and, you know... Orlando did some amazing did some amazing uh, rotations and, and closeouts, like second, third, fourth, fifth effort stuff. They were pretty good. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's sort of the nature of the beast with these these um, these super three-point dependent offenses, you know. Um, even if you do good, you can do bad. And, um, yeah, I, mm, I, I haven't hated our offense lately, but it sure looks a lot better when it goes in. That's that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, it also Great. looks a lot better when we're not playing against a zone set by the Brooklyn Nets in the third quarter where they dropped 44 points on us. I, uh, I, I think we, we could talk a lot about what's wrong with this team and try and diagnose the, the bugs in their code, like I said earlier. Um, but, you know, that's up to Brad Stevens and we can talk about it all we like. It's not going to change anything. I, I want to rattle off a few points to you guys quickly and have you react to them um, because there have been some some diamonds in the rough of the past couple of weeks so I want to start with Brad Wanamaker particularly in his last performance uh, obviously he, he put up some I like it yeah I mean you know I, I want to rattle off a couple of positives because there, there are some good things either that have happened in the last couple of days or are coming up in the next couple of days and and Brad Wanamaker is definitely one of them and you know there's been some arguments online Twitter Reddit wherever you want to go um, that he should start eating up some of Terry Rogier's minutes. I, I personally agree with that. I feel like he's more of a pure point guard. He plays within the confines of his role, which is what we need for for someone at that, I don't know, at that number uh, in terms of you know, 1 to 15 rotation. I don't know. I was pretty happy with Wanamaker. I want to hear what you guys think. I think it's, it's def- he definitely should be getting at least half of Rogier's minutes and half of Rogier's, you know, shots, or at least the ball in his hand half as much at the moment. Look, I think... I think I I feel sad about Terry Rozier because it was only it was only back in May last year when everyone <laughs> had the scary Terry T-shirts and he 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 completely faked out Eric Bledsoe and hit the three that would have won us the game against the Bucks except for Chris Middleton. But then he was his just general performance all at the playoffs. You know, like t- Terry was the man, and as far as I'm concerned, he always will be for that stretch. I'm now always going to be thankful for that season and particularly that playoff stretch there. Um, but you know, there's just no way around it that his performance is at the moment. Are terrible, and it, it, it might be a bit scapegoaty to say that, like you know, he's been terrible and, and he needs to pay for it when other guys have also been subpar and they're maybe not going to pay for it as dramatically as he does. But from what I've seen of Wanamaker versus what I've seen as Rogier, like there has to at least be you know a hierarchy change at least in the short term. And if Brod Wanamaker mm-hmm. can run with that role and can make the bench tick 
offensively a little bit better, then I'm all for it. But, you know, there's every chance that he has three or four good games and then goes to shit. And then, it, and then you bring Rogier back in, then he's good, then he goes back to shit. It's just that inconsistency thing, man, across the line. But to answer your yeah. question, yeah, he should definitely be getting the start now. Or the start. He should definitely be getting the, the third guard spot, I'd say. So one of the lessons that we're really learning this year, right, is that, um, like, superstars in their roles are better than superstars, you know? Um, like, it's, you know, like, like we would be better um, as a team, right, if we, like, I personally think we'd be performing better as a team if Wanamaker had had, had Rosie's minutes all year. Yeah, agreed. Because, you know, like Brad Wanamaker isn't necessarily a better player, but he's better in the role of backup point guard. And that's why the starting units probably worked quite well since the mark I got in there, right? Those two dudes are great in their roles. And, um, you know, that, that's one of those things where I understand why you bet on talent. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd be pretty... The Rosier thing's not working. It is not working, man. Like, you, we all know the say. Eh? We all go, ah, Bugger, when Rosier comes in, eh? You know, like, we're like, oh, not this stretch of the game again. Hopefully we get through this. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sure we all feel like that. I feel um, that I feel that when it's that specific lineup that they put the graphic on. It's like Rosier, Brown, Tatum, <laughs> Haywood, and Tice, and you go, oh, shit. But the more you think about it, yeah, it sadly is probably just Terry, isn't it? Well, I mean, he's my scapegoat. <laughs> so, he's everyone's scapegoat, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's mine too. Uh, he, he has not been good. And it's clear, like, if you look at... You know, we've got a lead, and this this is not um, an anomaly. This is not something that's happened once or twice. It happens regularly. You know, we build a lead, Terry Rogier comes in, and we lose said lead. Like, it's as simple as that. The, the, the you know, they say, uh, what is it? Occam's razor is the the simplest explanation is often the best one. I'm probably paraphrase, paraphrasing there. Occam's Rogier. The simplest. Oh, oh, he went there. I He'd been storing it for weeks. He'd been storing it for weeks. I stood well out of Hold on to that. Hold me on to that for a while. Occam's Rogier. The simplest explanation is to trade Terry Rogier. I'm going there. I'm taking us in that direction. Trade um, Okay. I, I mean, okay. I mean, there's some simple points that can be made about this, right? He's he's going to leave at the end of the he's season. Got Someone's going to offer him something. Yeah, yeah, totally. For him Whether, and for us, right? He's got yeah. to. Yeah. And the the one argument for holding on to him was that he could contribute for a deep playoff run, potentially championship playoff run. We're certainly not thinking about that now. So you try and get something for Terry Rozier at, at this point, right? You try and get anything back for him, even if it's a you know an early second round pick, uh, and it's addition by subtraction, right? You're you're getting rid of a guy who probably has the worst ego to roll ratio on our team. <laughs> You're getting rid of ratio. right? Take that for data. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, we, we've got to get some metrics on that. Yeah, yeah. Someone get us we some should, metrics. God oh, damn it. <laughs> the ET double R. The ET double R percentage. That's yeah. a new Eater. one. Yeah. Etter. Eater. Yeah, I just um and I've got a link here somewhere. Someone posted a thread on Reddit. We're we're jumping all over the place. We're really out of our structure here. Uh, on this podcast, but just like the Celtics. Is so sorry, hey, man. there you go. Yeah, chemistry issues all over the place. Here we go. User <laughs> par seven nine nine posted a trade ideas thread, and uh, surprise, surprise, it's it's full of full of uh, Terry Rogier trade theories. Um, and user pitiv twenty, I hope I'm saying that right, wrote needs catch and shoot slash three and D shooting guard, high motor, defensive minded point guard. You know, if we're going to make a trade, if we're going to make this a legit discussion, we need to start with team needs and things that we need to stay away from. And, and certainly that catch and shoot shooting guard, someone who isn't ball dominant, 
someone who can catch and shoot and, and doesn't require the ball in their hands a lot of the time is the way to go. I, I, I tend to agree with that. Um, and, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm going away from my original point a little bit, but I, I feel like we need to move away from Terry Rogier before the February 7 deadline. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. It would have been great to move <laughs> away from him in hindsight um, before the start of the season, but like that ship sailed. Um, yep. I do find myself doing like little what if say like um, like surely like Cleveland would have thought about you know Corva for Rosier plus I don't know who else would have salary would actually be a bit tricky there I should have thought that through but you know like that sort of that sort of talent um, swap surely would have been available and Kyle Corva would help right like absolutely yeah you know? yeah. Um, someone in that just, role like yeah. your Wayne Ellington kind of guy yeah like your catch yeah. and shoot yeah. guy but as, I mean like obviously the power of hindsight is is, is completely 2020 like would you, would you would you have done that trade for a 38 year old Kyle Corbett for Terry Rozier who just like had the best three weeks of his life how about put some pieces together for Terrence Ross <laughs> That yeah. dude's killed us. Yeah, yeah, he killed us the other day. He got really hot. Sure in the, uh, I mean, he was the reason they won, man, for sure. Yeah. Um. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think that the universal consensus is we got to trade Terry. I just I, I just wonder what we could get for him, and I'm not of the belief that oh anything would be better than Terry Rozier. I think that's rubbish. But when you couple the fact that he will be 99% sure leaving the end of the season, um, you you should try and get something for him, man. I like. It's 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 not going to happen, but man, I I would I would love to get me some Jeremy Lin. Would anyone else be in on that? Oh, I don't think it's possible. I love Jeremy Lin, but oh, man, wouldn't, that be, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? Get him uh, on for a playoff run? But yeah, um, I I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. I mean, Jeremy Lin the, would get us going to the hoop, man, because Jeremy Lin is a pick and roll player. He yeah. gets you going to the hoop. He would not like, lack aggressiveness him and, at all. Him and Bob. Him and Bob Williams would be great. Shit, yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm in love with that idea, but I'm, I'm I think it's unrealistic. I did see that um uh, Dallas is trying to get rid of Dennis Smith Jr., which is enticing the likes of like the Knicks, the Magic, and the Suns as well too. So immediately there's a there's a point guard of a higher sort of I guess a higher profile. Would we say that Dennis Smith is probably a, a more sought after than a Terry Rozier, particularly Terry Rozier at the moment? Um, so there there's already a guard in, in the market that people are probably going to want instead of so i mean i i wouldn't be i wouldn't be devastated if, if he was still here at the end of the season and like never contributed beyond what he's contributing now obviously that would be annoying but um i, I don't know i just don't think we can get much for him i really don't no. the market kind of got set a little bit with like that um the it was the dylan brooks trade right you know, didn't he get oh, two second rounds? Bro- which Brooks is which Brooks? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Brooks was here. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I, th- you know, if we got two second, I think we'd be lucky to get two second rounders for him mm. at this yep. point. Yeah. yeah, and the the Dennis Smith Junior thing as well. It, it's kind of it's almost like for like, except that Terry Rogier knows the offense in theory yeah <laughs> um i don't think that we're getting much really in return oh yeah no i wasn't contracted for a couple wasn't of advocating years. getting him for dennis smith no 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 the guy can, but yeah the but guy it, can it's jump. been floating around it yeah 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 um, yeah I, so, I, I don't think that really works for either team but um i mean being creative i mean hmm. we we need someone who can perform a role right like we just don't need another we don't need another person who might be a star yeah. we need no upside Right, like <laughs> we need, we need you. We need somebody who knows exactly what they are. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I would, some... I would, I would, I would love the uh, on top of my Jeremy Lin phase. My Australian bias is coming through. I would love to get me some Dante Exum, but he's oh. starting to trend up a bit now, and I think it would cost a lot more than Terry Rozier at this point. My, I would love me some Joe Ingles. Oh my gosh, yeah, that would Ingles be really Haywood for Ingles. Who says no? Wow, who Utah. says no? Utah, Utah straight yeah. up, man. <laughs> <I> bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you keep him. That's um. <laughs> There's some pretty terrible... I'm not going to mention any usernames here, but I'm just scrolling through this list and we've got Terry Rogier for Frankie Smokes, Frankie uh, Nilakina. Realistic, realistic, actually. Terry and the Clippers pick for Dennis Smith Jr. Rogier for Dwayne Dedman, Smart Morris and Yabu for Marcus Sol. You... Oh, wow. Marcus Sol. You lost me at Marcus Smart, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rogier in a second for Derek Rose. Which isn't bad, but I don't think that's that never the, gonna happen. The wolves no, do it. Doesn't it doesn't help us. No. Yeah, there's. I don't know. Have a have a scroll through it, listeners. It's. Uh, I it was posted uh, at the time of recording this podcast, 19 hours ago, by user par 799. It's interesting um, discussion going on there, but I, I do think that we're at the point with the trade deadline looming that Denny Ainge has to make a move. It's a it's a weird. Uh, like almost anti-poetic ending if if they do mm. move Terry Rogier because he was the one. Only re- yeah, he was he was the chosen one. And only you know, only recently there was uh, some sort of yeah. quote from Terry Rogier where he's like, "Danny Ainge won't trade me," and and for a while you believed that, right? Like yeah. he was this young gun, up and coming, going to take the reins of the offense at some point, and then it uh, you know it, clearly it wasn't all, to be. He he would he would grow fonder in every Celtics fan's mind as soon as he leaves. Right now he's right now he's cancer. Get him out! I, I hate him. He sucks. You got to spit when you say his name. Yeah. As soon as he leaves and he's gone for two weeks, everyone be like, "Remember Scary Terry, man, those are the best." And it would be (laughs) better. I think it would just be better for everyone, like you said, Joe. So, yeah. Yep, absolutely. I've I've got my Terry, my my Scary Terry shirt. It's now very, very much at the bottom of my t-shirt pile. Unfortunately, I'd love to sort of dust it off and wear it, sort of in in memoriam, in in you know happy memories of 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 better days past. But um, anyway, you know that's uh that's where we're at. You know, we, we, that was a quite a segue. We we started talking about. I wanted to rattle off a few positive things about what had happened in the past couple of days. <laughs> we did a deep dive on t- trading Terry Rozier. Something else that uh, I wanted to bring up was Tatum. He had a career high thirty four points against Brooklyn. Would be remiss if we didn't bring this up. Um, a pretty impressive game. Got to the line quite regularly, more regularly than he's been doing. Uh, and his, his pick and roll playmaking needs to be mentioned as well. He got himself in pick and roll situations quite regularly and um, got himself to the line as a result. He, he seemed to be going up and into the body of defenders more than sort of Kobe style fading away, which was a, a really good sign. Um, I don't know. I, I was impressed by Tatum. Obviously, he sort of led along with Jalen Brown that that comeback, which unfortunately the Celtics tend to do a lot where they go down by a lot. I'm going to bring it back just close enough to sort of entertain the idea of a comeback, but ultimately let you down, right? Um, but but Tatum certainly led that in this particular game. It was it was really impressive. That's that's kind. Of, we've kind of swapped the to get ourselves into a hole, come back with a fucking amazing win, traded that for get ourselves in a big hole, come back and then almost win and then go to shit at the end again, which is far less <laughs> far less fun this year. Um, but yeah. no, I mean I'm I was stoked for Tatum because I mean I, I don't know I gave up on that Brooklyn game midway through the third quarter just because of how the, the manner of the absurdity in which we were losing. And um, yeah, to, to see Tatum's game the way that it planned out, like I would kind of, I would hope to expect that when there's no Kyrie and there's particularly no Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris wasn't having his standard, you know, efficient, reliable night. So someone needed to step up. So the fact that it was Tatum and not like, 
no disrespect to Terry Rogier, but it was like Terry Rogier or like, you know, some just random role player somewhere down the line, you know, was the one who was carrying us along. I was really glad to see that it was Tatum. And like you said, getting to the line as well. So that shows a bit of evolution, a bit more aggressiveness to his game too. So I, I really hope we see at least like 80% of that in the Raptors game. Yeah, I, I think um, like this is not an enjoyable stretch, right? But, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you, you do that, you go through that and, I'm, and I, I sometimes go down the line, I'm like, like is Tatum in the same league as Luca as a prospect? You know? And, uh-huh. and, and my gut inclination right now is no. But like, I don't know that at all. Right, like, and and you can kind of when you go through these phases as a fan, these these are the days where I just don't want to even know about Steve Bullpit. Like, I don't, I don't click on the yeah. articles. Mm. I shut myself away. Um, you forget that you know, like Jalen and Jason are still going to be really good NBA players. Jason's going to be a lot better. He is for sure going to be better. I'm very confident of that. But they're still going to be really good players. You know, and they are still making progress. You know, like they they have actually made progress. These young guys. You know, Jalen's sort of fought his way out of a slump. He, you know, and I, I, like I've I've bagged Jalen enough because I think he deserves it sometimes. But he's still going to be really good, and we should still like enjoy watching their progress. You know, like that's yep. at least something, right? Like you know, yeah. I, they um, also they complement each other quite well. They um, are different styles, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say Jordan and Pippen. I'm not going to say Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Those two names that I just said. I'm not saying that, but they they do have <laughs> some complementary skills that that um you know at their young age you could be excited about developing them in the future. And I don't know, like you know, possibly we we don't end up landing our whale in Anthony Davis or whoever else. And you can still be excited about the fact that these guys are quite young. We've got them under contract, and you know worst case is that we develop these two young studs you know like there's plenty to be excited about there yeah. at the end of the day i'm pretty confident in three years time we'll either have anthony davis or jason tatum or maybe 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 just <laughs> both somehow i don't think there's a timeline in three years where we have none just 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 a feeling but you know if we don't we better have fucking someone decent I'm, I'm going i'm gonna go on the record right now right now um i don't want us to trade for anthony davis I don't want to win like that. Like I, I keep coming back to this thing that we we win, we root for stories, man. Like, and I don't like the story of trading for Anthony Davis. I just it just doesn't sit right. I feel like we are we are lugging around a lot of bad juju right now with the Isaiah Thomas. Thing, I was about to say, did with you, signing did you, like, you didn't like the Isaiah Hayward. Kyrie trade either? <laughs> like, I you know, and like the irrational side of me, and I'm, we're we're so indulging this tonight, right? Like the the irrational side of us as fans, but. Man, like I sometimes wonder whether we, like we are the basketball gods are like punishing us right now for like the the, the, the Isaiah trade, you know? Um, I I felt like we were being rewarded up till then, and now we're being punished, you know, with this with a with a team that's just not Celticy. Yeah, well, you know, as they say, that the simplest explanation is often the correct one, yeah. <laughs> aka Occam's Rosier, and you know that would that makes a lot of sense. You know, like um, sort of karmically, you know, we did some, we did ourselves some bad things can, there. Can I say? You know, can I just say one thing? Someone who's <laughs> suffering far more than us after the Isaiah trade, Cleveland. Uh-huh. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true that. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I'll go on. I'll see you there. Cleveland got three number one picks in a row. You know, it's like and they're, they're seen. And they're like probably going to get Zion too. <laughs> yeah. Fucking well, hell. Yeah. <laughs> Fair hell. enough. It's like that scene in, um, this is what it reminds you of. It's probably, it's not actually that famous a scene, but there's a scene in Once Upon a Time in Mexico where, um, like the Antonio Banderas thing, where Johnny Depp's character is like, I restore balance. That's what I do. You need balance. And so, like, something good happens and he goes off and shoots a guy. And I sort of feel like, yeah, that's Cleveland of <laughs> the Isaiah trade. You got three number Speak- ones, you screwed it up. Speaking of restoring balance, I, you know, we just touched on the game there a little bit, talking about um, Wanamaker and, and certainly Tatum. I've got to rattle off a couple of the next day thread comments from Reddit. Royal Ramble wrote, just watch the fourth quarter replay. Uh, turned the game off after the third because it was unbearable. And holy shit, the Nets didn't have a field goal in the last nine minutes. D'Lo wow. scored one in the fourth. Where were those Celtics in the first 36 minutes? Let's roll with the Jays. And SR Stone 71 wrote, I don't understand the logic behind calling timeout 30 seconds into the game, but not calling timeout until the end of Brooklyn's run yeah. that essentially ended the game. Either be aggressive with your timeouts or don't. And then in brackets, frankly, I'm in favor of the former, but don't be wildly inconsistent. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was watching the I was watching the Nuggets versus the Warriors today, and time and time again, uh, I think his name's Mike Malone, the Nuggets coach. Uh, as soon as the Warriors went on a run, which was, <laughs> let's be honest, quite regularly throughout Tired the game, run, he, <laughs> <laughs> he he was calling timeouts to sort of you know to to reconvene with his squad, which. I don't know, like Brad Stevens, you know, he's a wizard. Whatever you want to say about it, like he plays 4D chess. Sometimes he just need to call a freaking timeout, right? Mm-hmm. The team's performing poorly, need to have a chat, you need to talk it over, call a timeout, you know, stem the flow of the opposing team. This is something that I, I am aligning with for SR Stone 71 here. I just I just feel like don't don't overcomplicate these things. Just call a timeout when you need to. It was kind of a frustrating thing. Well, I wonder if he, you know, like honestly, like the thirty second, the, the timeout, like after the first possession of the game, right, was like, like Brad's throwing tantrums right now and not throw, not you know, not calling a timeout is kind of almost another form of a tantrum. It's like the silent um, treatment. It's very yeah, it, it, totally, totally. It's like a passive aggressive. I'm not going to save you. you. I'm not going to yeah. save you. Yeah, sort yeah. out yourself. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If that if that's his philosophy, then I admire the boldness and I admire the <laughs> the that he's trying to craft it out himself too. But I would really hope to think that that at least come playoff time, that that's kind of rectified a, a little bit there. Um, just a quick comment on on the Brooklyn game before we move off it. That was actually a really really even game if you think about it, because quarters one and two basically the same. Brooklyn was up by one. The third quarter. We were absolutely atrocious, and Brooklyn took full advantage. Fourth quarter, Brooklyn was absolutely atrocious, and we took advantage. The, the difference, the one difference, was that their guard was D'Angelo Russell doing his best impression of Kobe, and our guard was, at least while he was on the court, was Terry Rozier doing his best impression of Terry Rozier this yeah. season. Yeah, so really, <laughs> I think that's, fine job he did. Really, that's, all, that's all it came down to, as far as I could tell, anyway. There was a post by user Larber33, and he wrote... Does our shot distribution make sense? And and looking at that post, he writes he gives a little list of our, of our current breakdown of shots per game. Kyrie seventeen point seven, then it goes down to Tatum thirteen point three, and Morris eleven, Brown ten point three, Horford, and it's sort of it's a very I guess what he's trying to illustrate here is it's kind of an even 
shot distribution with Kyrie sort of being the only outlier there and then Smart, you know, rounding off the bottom at, at 6.3. And, and frustratingly so, Rogier has, has more shots than Marcus <laughs> yeah. Smart. It's like, a, it's like a staircase going down, isn't it? It's like there, then there, then there, then there. Yeah, there. where if you look, compare that to the Warriors, it's, it's more like a cliff, right? Where mm-hmm. Steph has 20.2 shots per game, Durant 19.2, Clay 18.8, and then the next highest is Draymond at 6.8, and then and Cook at, at 6.5. And, you know, they're a team that, uh, you know, say, you don't really have to say anything else about the Warriors. Like, they're, they're clearly a great team, and, and maybe they've, they've got their distribution and their roles a little bit more defined there. Maybe that's something that the Celtics need to, to uh, take a leaf out of and, yeah. and lean a little bit more towards. I, I think a lot of that's just Brad never having, like, a star go-to, you know, mega player that's capable of doing that kind of stuff. I mean, take Steph out of the Warriors and they're still an, an, an absurdly good team, but they're, they're beatable. They become mortal as soon as you take Steph out. Take, mm-hmm. take the... I don't, how many shots a game would, would Harden be getting for the Rockets? It would have to be like 23, 24 averaging, probably more like 30. Um, take him out and, the, and, that, and that offense goes to shit. I mean, how, you could go on with everyone. Giannis with the Bucks or... That one's not the Raptors. Someone else. You know what I mean, though. Like it's it. Anytime there's like one guy who's getting all the shots, you're relying on that one guy, and it's all well and good when they're making them and they're going in. But as soon as it goes to shit, or they get hurt, or it's, they're off form, or blah blah blah, then it all collapses. So I think that's Brad still trying to reconcile having all of his guys shoot the ball evenly and and having faith that that system will pay off versus needing to just kind of say, all right, Kyrie, you need to take us through this period now because this is not going well. And reconciling that is going to be the sweet spot, at least for us, because I don't want to see us become a team where we have three best guys, get all these shots, and everyone is down here. Maybe that's the way of winning, but like Joe said, he doesn't want to see us trade for AD because that would not be, you know, a good story. I wouldn't like it if we changed that setup halfway through the season for the sake of winning. I would rather it come about in this system. That might, I might live to regret saying that and, and we might change and that happens and we start winning. I'm like, yeah, you go to the Celtics. But ideal, ideally, ideally, I want us to keep to persist with what we've got. Yeah, yeah. So Harden does, has 23. 23, 23 yep. Yeah, a game. Um, yeah, look, I'm with you. I mean, this is how I think basketball should be played as, you know, I think everyone should shoot it 10 times a game. I think that's great. Um, you know, and sometimes your philosophy doesn't, work in reality but philosophically you know i'd be pretty committed to something like this that's how how i think a game should be played so it's hard for me to say that we should change but uh, the warriors are such a sui generous oh sui generous didn't expect to get latin when you tuned in tonight did you? yeah i don't, I don't even know what that means man <laughs> it means one, one of a kind if you break it down sui, sui like suicide right uh-huh. homicide Thing killing a man suicide yeah. self-kill so sui educating self, the people i yeah. love it so yeah, and generous is like generous is like kind, right? Like you can kind of figure that out. But um, yeah, like the, the way the Warriors three main pieces fit together is kind of it's kind of unprecedented. Like we we you know like um, I don't know that there's I don't know that you can quite compare it to it uh, to the Warriors. Just uh, um, for a start, they rebound the ball a little better. I think the Warriors, so there's more shots to go around. Um, but yeah, like you've got three like galactic talents, you know, there, and um, our, our guys aren't quite the same, you know. Like we don't have like Kyrie is amazing, and Tatum will be really good, but like everyone else isn't on that level um, as an offensive player. I, I, I don't think, and um, 
So I'm kind of working this out as I'm talking it through, but I, I don't feel like that's a that's yeah. a sort of a shot profile that we can have. I was listening to Larbird's um, pod, and he was talking about how he kind of wants Tatum to take more pull up jump shots. But well, well, there's a basis for there's a basis for an argument there because no, no, I don't want him. <laughs> and and um, the, I want him the Aussie to boat make guy pull up shots, but not necessarily yeah, take them. <laughs> Definitely yeah. not take more. But the the guy the guy username I think his name's Eddie or Oz, Australian boat. Anyway, he's like yeah, um, that's the one. He had some. He was a they were it was a really good listen. Like yeah. Um, the um he, he he mentioned this thing about Tatum and he's like he always pump fakes and then drives left and pulls up and I was like wow he really does he really does like he's often if he if he shoots it going to his right I feel like he's coming off a screen like a ball screen um it, that's that's the example that stick in my mind but I don't want Tatum to do that I want Tatum to make quick decisions quick basketball 0.5 basketball that's what we were talking about just last week <laughs> bring it back yeah, like I think that's kind of the difference, right? You know, we're looking at the the shot distribution that Larbird's laid out here, and the difference between the Warriors and and the Celtics. Like the Warriors have got this offense that's centered around their their best three players, right? And so the it's designed to always find Steph or Clay or Durant, but the the Celtics offense, at least at, by design from Brad Stevens, more of a motion offense, more of a read and react offense, and so it, the ball isn't necessarily designated to to end up in someone's hands. At every point, every trip down the court, it's more about zipping the ball around the court and finding the best shot, constant flow and constant reaction and motion. I think that's that's the main difference there. And Tatum needs to play within within that scheme, right? Like he needs to catch the ball and react immediately and, and make the play immediately rather than to sort of think about himself. I think that's maybe a problem for a lot of the guys on the team at the moment. Yeah. Can I, can I, if I could have a chance to re-having a go at that, another go at that point, like, Look, the, the Warriors have three guys that are so, so much better on offense, right, than, than anyone else on their team. They really do. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they'd be better than almost in any with any set of teammates that you could pull out from anywhere else in the league. They'd be so much better. But in the Celtics case, like, the guys are kind of equivalently talented offensively. I think Hayward's obviously underperforming a little bit. Like, But Hawthorne's game isn't to shoot, you know, 20 shots a game. Um you know they're all kind of like equally capable of putting the ball in the hole, and and I guess that's kind of you know that's kind of reflected yeah. in in their shot profile. There there is certainly something to be said though for if Tatum did have a Tatum or Brown had a bigger like we see it with Rosier, he, you know he does better in a bigger role. There's yeah. something to be said for that, but um, yeah, I don't think you can just engineer that. Yeah. I, I, I always try and never I never try and compare the Celtics to either the Warriors or a LeBron James team because you can make so many points it's like oh the Warriors did this or LeBron did this and blah 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 but it's like you know th- those are those are the suey kinds of the NBA world <laughs> um, so to, 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 to compare them to the Celtics I don't feel like we've quite earned that mantle yet so yeah any comparison that I see I have to kind of you have to sort of take with a grain of salt I think Yep, all good points. And uh, another Reddit post, another Reddit shout out posted by user Booty126 posts the expectations, the reality, the facts, and the optimism. And he writes the ex- expectations first place, best record, best looking team, title contender, everything is just peachy. Take me back. Etc. <laughs> yeah, blah, 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 blah. We, we all know the expectations. The reality, fifth place, chemistry issues, inconsistent play, road struggles, inconsistent bench inconsistent players and uncertain future and then the facts number two in the league in points differential 
five to three versus the top four in the East, and brackets two and zero against Philly, top five defensive team, number one in assist to turnover ratio, number three in opponent three point percentage, thirty nine regular season games left. Kyrie Smart, Morris having career years, and the Time Lord. And the optimism section just refers to those facts that I just mentioned. So, I don't know, like, does it align with everything we've spoken about so far in this episode? Not necessarily. But, you know, we're fans. This this podcast was formed based on our fandom of the team. And sometimes you just need to read some shit like this. So, I thought it was worth calling out. Yeah, yeah, yeah t- totally. Like... It's not like we're going to stop watching, you know, it's not like we're going to stop cheering for the Celtics, you know, like even when things are, aren't fun, you know, like this is, you kind of, I guess we're kind of earning our stripes as fans right now. That's another way of looking at it, right? Like yeah, you, stick with it. You, yeah, you have to get like, I don't, I don't know how you guys feel, but like, I sort of feel like if you didn't go through the like, the Greg Oden year, the Greg Oden tanking year or the year prior <laughs> where we had like Mark Blunt. You know, as our center, mm-hmm. if you didn't, if you didn't, if you don't remember Yuri Welsh, you know, like, like, then you don't get to enjoy this, you know, the same, yeah. you know, like it can't be the same. I'm not trying to knock people because, you know, people are young or whatever they, you join up, you get it, you get excited about the team when you do, but, but it means more to you, eh? Like when you've, when you've had a chance to support a team through difficult times. Yeah. I, wa- I wasn't there for that, but I was there for Phil Pressy, Jamal Crawford, <laughs> Uh, no, sorry, really no, sorry Jordan, Jordan Crawford, great. rather. Um, yeah. Jared Sullinger, who we, we all had great hopes for and stuff. So I'm showing my immaturity there. But yeah, no, I totally, I'm totally with you. <laughs> and it's, it's, I, think I said this on my big rant the other week about the negativity on the, the state of the Celtics sub. If this year all goes to shit, then that's going to suck. But we're going to be back next year. And you've, yeah. got, you've got to believe yeah. they're going to be better. In, 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 if they're worse in some respects, they're going to be better in some respects. It's a give or take. We're, we're not going to trend yeah. down permanently. And if we do, then there's another year to correct that. You know what I mean? This is an ongoing thing. We've got to play the We've got to have one eye on the long game as much as it sucks to be underperforming now. Yeah. Someone, someone posted on the, the post-game thread, and I haven't added this in because you know, I never like to call out a, a, you know, a specific username for a, for a negative comment, but someone basically said this team is miserable this is a miserable experience following this team and i i'm not watching them again like i give up on this team they're pathetic and i actually replied and i was like dude this is not what misery feels like like there are some miserable parts of you know of humanity and and you know living on this planet and relationships and and even you know sports related misery but this is not that we're halfway through uh, and up until this point disappointing nba season like it's going to be fine and if not this year then in years to come there that we've got a lot in our our war chest we've got you know joe you mentioned the 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 windy pod um that came out i think yesterday or earlier today you know they were talking about how gordon hayward until it becomes even 80 percent of 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 you know, Gordon Hayward passed. Like this, this team can't expect to to be the the team that maybe our front office and our coaching staff plan for them to be. So there's there's a lot still in the works. There's a lot to come. We're only halfway through the season, and I just think that the the whole misery vibe is really like the only misery is that that's how you feel. That that's what I think. Just you have to give this team a chance, and you have to allow yourself to like feel the full spectrum of of emotions yeah. as a sporting fan. Yeah, you do. Like this is fine, and like it's acceptable, and it will happen again, and it will be so much worse eventually if you're alive long enough and supporting this team long enough. All these guys will retire, and there's going to be this yeah. whole other, you know, early two thousands nineties Celtic stretch where yeah. we have to build it up all over again. Like, yeah, this if, is, if you're this in, if you're in for the long haul, you're going to see at least three or four tanks your whole life. <laughs> really. Yes. 
at least. Sadly, but that's just the fact. You know, you just got to hope that you see at least one or two championships along the way to juxtapose that. But I mean, that's just social media, isn't it? It's either it's, everything's the best or everything's terrible. No one's in the middle just saying like, ah, oh, this is a bit unfortunate, but you know, it's all right. Well, well there are, I, but they get drowned out, you know? See, I don't see it in the middle. I don't think that's the right way to think about it. Um, it's more both things are true. Like, they're equally true. Like, it's like, if you've got your foot in a bucket of boiling hot water and your foot in a bucket of freezing cold water, <laughs> the truth is that you have a bucket and, you know, you have a foot in a bucket of boiling water and a bucket of freezing water. The truth is not that, on average, you're lukewarm, you know? And, Just and sucks. <laughs> you, you know, so, so like, so... In the case of being a fan, right, like, it is true that, like, it does, you, you have an emotional reaction to being a fan. That's what it is. And I don't think, like, like, I, I don't like being told to, to calm down, you know, like, <laughs> it's not that there's, not that I actually talk to anyone about this stuff, but, like, but there's this <laughs> sentiment. I'll never talk to you down, Joe, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's this sentiment that, like, this everything is fine type thing, and Big picture, yes, everything is fine, but at the same time, like the experience that you that you're having currently is like unpleasant. You know, it is it is totally it is equally true that it is unpleasant. That you know, sorry, I'll, I'll rephrase that. It is just as true to say that hey, this experience with this team right now is really unpleasant, as it is true to say that it is totally essential to go through this unpleasant experience as a fan, and that it you know. There will come a time where we go up and there will come a time where we go down, you know? Like, they're both equally true. Does that make sense? As opposed to, like, being in the yeah. middle and, like, kind of not caring, you know? It, it does mm-hmm. make sense, and I agree that it is unpleasant, but it's not It's not miserable. I just feel, I guess maybe yeah, people yeah, need yeah. to choose their adjectives more carefully, but mm-hmm. it's not, like, it's not, um, like, it, I'm trying to think of a polit- politically correct way to say this, but it, it's not overly sadness-inducing. I've I've censored out a few maybe um, right. more intense don't, words. Don't there. go Derek Rose on us here, man. <laughs> yeah, yes, thank you. <laughs> it shouldn't be depths of sadness that's that, that's miserable. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be, but it is for some. Unfortunately, my advice to those yeah. people is you know don't don't necessarily calm down. Just go for a walk. Find another sport to support. You know, I got like five teams that I go for. If two of them are <laughs> shit, I focus on the other three. If 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 four of them are great, then I, I walk around with this big shit eating grit on my face all day, and life's <laughs> wonderful. And then there was this two this two month two month I can't remember how long, but this period early this year where they were all terrible. You know what I did? I started listening to music again. I got like all these new favorite bands that I never knew about because I had to get <laughs> away from at. it. So yeah. there are there are there are so many things that you can do to alleviate the misery if that's how you yeah. felt. But we're, you're right, you're, you're right, Joe. You've, it, part of it is feeling the pain. Part of it is suffering, so you can get those highs to go with the lows as well. But you know, it it shouldn't ruin your life. Yeah, and look, okay, this will be my comment on this. My last one. It's basketball. Like I love basketball too much for it to ever be miserable for me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. The enjoy the 100%. the process. Should I say the process? Um, <laughs> different process, but enjoy whatever this process is in, in this team figuring it out. I. I I feel like they'll get there. I need to give a shout out to, there's a user, UberDanSTL, who last time we did an episode like this where it just sort of coincided with a, a terrible loss. I think it was a loss at home to the Suns. 
he commented on the the Reddit post and was like, "You guys absolutely miserable this episode. Like, you guys need to pick up that energy." And <laughs> I, I sort of went into this episode with that in mind, right? Like, even though things are a little gloomy around the subreddit and around the team, like, I don't know, whatever. It's important to brush it off and just you know hope for uh you know things like a, a nice solid win against the Raptors tomorrow. So I don't know. Yeah, we still hope. All right, a couple of other quick Reddit shoutouts here. So user all creatives posted a tweet by Sherrod Blake. Blakely, rather. Kyrie Irving addressed his Celtics teammates in the locker room afterwards in what was described as a positive message. Hey, there's that positive message again. That the way they played in the fourth quarter against Brooklyn is the way they need to play throughout the game. So that's that's something that you know we're hopeful to see against the Raptors tomorrow, which we'll get to in a moment. And user Celtic Mod, which is for sure a automated bot on the Celtics sub, <laughs> uh, posted the r slash Boston Celtics, the Celtics subreddit best of 2018 voting thread. Uh, and if you visit Celtics Reddit at any point in time, you'll see that it's sticky to the top of the sub. Um, but get in there because there's there's some well-known Celtics contributors and users and, and original content creators and posters and whatnot that you can vote for for the, the best of 18 uh, voting thread. So one of those users is us, uh, the Celtics Reddit podcast. You can vote hey. for us as um, best original content contributors, I believe. So get in there and get us an upvote. And I think we get something like one month of Reddit gold as a reward. So hopefully they figure out a way to distribute that among the three of us. Uh, you can Timmy, have it, I think it would be fair. Yeah, I think. I think. I think. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Oh, wear that, wear that little gold badge it? on your account. Don't you worry, mate. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Best contributor. You've got. You've got Timmy there. Obviously, the the highlights guru. You've got user RLS012 who's commenting it up in in basically every thread. And I believe you've also got Larbird33, yeah. someone that we've mentioned a couple of times. Don't be afraid uh, to throw a, him a like either or an upvote. You know, you might not like his opinion; it might be controversial. But hey, like everyone loves Timmy, everyone loves RL012. Sorry, I got that wrong. But yeah, consider La Bird, man. Well, the thing that is good about not only La Bird but like uh, Bill Hondo and and some of these other guys. I think there's another guy like Tatum Betterfultz, Is that they um, they create a balance in 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 our little community here, where totally. it's not just everyone being like, "Don't worry, we'll be fine." Gordon Hayward, it is a very valuable contract and these guys actually come in with the, the more negative takes and, and maybe bring us back down to earth a little bit. Um, you could say that they're a little bit more realistic in their takes around the team and, and some of the players. So that's what makes it a good community. So I, I, all of these guys being nominated for um, for contributors and original content and, and whatever it may be, like it's all worthwhile. And you know, if you're passionate about the community, if you're passionate about the team and the subreddit, you should definitely get in there and, and get your vote in because it's all it's all worthwhile and it's a, it's a good cause, I guess. Someone's gonna get some Reddit gold out of it. Maybe it'll be me, and then I'll figure out what Reddit gold is and exactly <laughs> what you do with it. <laughs> we'll see. All right, we're going to take a very quick break, and we'll be back in a moment to talk about the Raptors game and some of the games coming up in the week ahead. All right, welcome back. Obviously, we've got the Raptors game coming up, and if, if you're listening to this by the time I edit it all and put it together, it's probably only in a few hours. Uh, Raptors are a marquee team. They're, you know, they're up there in, uh, I believe, the second seed at the moment in the East, and this team, the Celtics, that is, have had a propensity to put up really good games against really good teams and really bad games against really bad teams. The Raptors are obviously the former, so I'm kind of excited about this game. And looking ahead at the two games coming up, the Raptors and the Grizzlies, Kind of would put money on a win against the Raptors over the Grizzlies, given our sort of trend 
so far. Um, curious to to know from you guys, you know, predictions and, and all of that with the Raptors game coming up soon. Uh, given that we're at the halfway point of the season, and as much as it irks me to say, you have to take your hat off to the Raptors and the box, but I'd say particularly the Raptors for being like the real model of consistency throughout this NBA season. Like there have been that many number one seeds in the West come and go. And there have been, you know, so many like hot and cold streaks throughout the season thus far. I mean, we've got the same record as the, as the, the Rockets right now who were dead and buried to start with. And now James Harden's playing like, you know, the second coming of like every single religious deity put into one body at, at once. <laughs> so for all that being said, I think the Raptors being, whether or not they're the one seed or not, I think they're half a game back from Milwaukee or something along those lines. They've been, they've been tremendous this season. So whenever you're going up against a quality opponent, it's always a far more exciting watch or a far more entertaining game uh, for, for me to, for, to definitely watch. Having said that, as good as our home form has been this, this season, um, this, and, and hopefully we'll have Kyrie and Smart back, maybe even Baines as well, I think I said is, is now questionable for this game. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of faith. I think, we're just, I, I, think, I think we're in a bad spell at the moment, and this would be the perfect cure to get us out of that bad spell. At least you would think we'd probably drop a game after that. Um, but I, I, I've still, I'm still going to watch, and I'm still going to go in optimistic because I think the games like this is what brings the best out of this group, and I think there's every chance we show up tomorrow night and we do put on a performance. And even if we do lose, like I would be probably happy just seeing a good performance. I'd still be upset because, you know, we kind of need wins now if we're going to be thinking about the playoffs and the seedings and whatnot. But I, I don't think we'll win, but I am I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that we can get a result here. I'm just more like, I have no idea what to expect anymore. None. <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> but hope springs fun, right? eternal. Hope springs eternal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, I'm gonna be doing my darndest to watch. You know, it's, it's not ideal, actually having these big games not on a weekend. Um, but uh, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. You know, uh, Bainesy. I'll be bloody, uh, bloody Bainesy. Questionable yeah. for the game tomorrow oh, against yeah. the Raptors. He could be back. And, um, you know, big Aussie. Get him in there. Get him in there. Uh, you know, <laughs> who knows? Who knows what might happen? I, but <laughs> in all seriousness, they, the, the Raptors, um, uh, his name is escaping me at the moment, but they're, they're starting big man, sort of Euro. See, yeah, um, no. Valentunas. Uh, Valentunas. Thank you. Thank you. He's out. Um, and getting Baines in there to maybe take up more of those big man minutes, set some screens. I don't know. You start to feel a little bit more comfortable about the, the defense and the rebounding situation, which we've kind of struggled in. Um, Fred Van Vliet, I think, is also questionable for the Raptors tomorrow. So there's some sort of things that tip it in, in favor of the Celtics, along with we need a bounce back game. We're finally back at home and this team seems to show up against, you know, the big opponents. I uh I don't know, I'm I'm quietly confident. I just feel like like we can win this game and it's like, okay, we're back on track or based off of the last three losses against terrible teams, we lose and we spiral into an even deeper, darker depression. <laughs> so it's like we really need to win this game, basically and therefore I think we should. I just hope it's competitive, like truly competitive, not like a comeback. <laughs> like, like if we're gonna lose, like let's just let's at least let's at least go out with our heads held high. Yeah, fight <laughs> someone. Yeah, yeah. Not that I'm advocating that, but uh, you know, show some passion. <laughs> ben, man, you're flipping skirting with all sorts of controversy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a thirty-point comeback win. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I'll have it. I'll absolutely have it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean. 
The one thing that would honestly surprise me of the next stretch of games is if we lost them all. That would be the one thing that would blow my mind, but no way. Like, that's that's impossible. I wouldn't be surprised if we beat the Raptors and then lost the next three, or we lost the Raptors then won next three, or went two of two. It was like this stretch we had earlier in the season, <laughs> I think, where I was like, I won't be surprised how this record breaks down. No, sorry. How did I say that? I won't be surprised if, like, I think we'll go two and two, but I have no idea how it's going to break down, which team will win, which team will lose to. So I feel like it's another one of those situations we're with now. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, after the the Raptors, we've got the Grizzlies. They were away against the Hawks, and we're back at home against the Heat. So, I don't know. Normally, you'd be like, well, okay, some easy opponents there, some sub-500 teams that we can rattle off a couple of wins against. But, um, you know, if the last week tells you anything, nothing is certain. But we'll see. Nothing's unreasonable, man. It's just like, it's it's, we're just... You know, like, we just don't have a sense for the team. Like, we don't have a, a feel for the trajectory of it. One way or the other, right? So, yeah. you know, so all we can do is hope. All we can do is hope. <laughs> I'm like I'm like 90% sure we're going to finish the season as the fifth seed. I don't see us slipping. I don't see us clawing into the fourth or the third, unfortunately. But I, I think Philadelphia would be absolutely fucking devastated if they have to face us in the first round, even with home court. Like, as bad as we, 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 we think we're going at the moment, like, Philadelphia just must, yeah, like, yeah. would dread that matchup. Would absolutely dread that matchup. And that might just be what we need, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, that is. Anyway. We just have, we do have their number a bit, eh? We do have, just like the Raptors have ours, you know? All right, that'll just about do it for this here episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Thanks to all the listeners out there for joining us. We might just be back for a bit of a weekend edition with a special guest after the Grizzlies game this weekend. We'll see, so keep your eyes peeled for that. In the meantime, hit us up on Reddit or Twitter. Let us know your thoughts, feedback, praise, complaints, whatever it may be. We're we're keen to hear from you guys, so let us know. Jackson, Joe, thanks again, guys. We'll see you soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks again. Go Celtics. Peace. We'll be right back.